Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Genesis 3, we're going to read from verse 1 to 19. Genesis 3. We're going to read from the NIV. If you're there, say my amen. Now the serpent was craftier than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, eh? who was with her, and he ate it. <laughs> Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig trees together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you, Buana? Hey. He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, Buana, knew you. She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. It's not my fault. Verse 13, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate so the Lord God said to the serpent because you have done this cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life I will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and hers he will crush your head and you will strike his heel to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. Hmm? By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you are taken for dust, you are unto dust, you will return. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, once again we are at your feet in the wisdom of your word king of kings we cannot understand without the without your help we cannot do what your word tells us to do without your help 
And so today, as we read this portion of scripture, and as we open your word, King of Kings, help us. Help us to leave the house of God blessed and ready to do what you ask us to do. Help us to fight off the enemy. Not only after the house of God, but even right now in your house. We pray all this in Jesus' name. We all shout. Guys, mm. it is sad that we as Christians need to talk about the issue of sin. I think it is sad. Me spending my sin consistently. Today we are talking about this, the beginning of sin. We started by the universe. Where did all this come from? Then we went into human beings. We're following the book of Genesis. So today we're talking about this issue of sin. It is sad because this was never God's plan for us. We were never designed to be the space of sin. If you think about the Garden of Eden, it was a beautiful place where God dwelt with his people, fed them, spoke to them, gave them of himself. God's plan was to tabernacle with us, to dwell with us, to be our friend that sticks closer than a brother, and to do that eternally, forever. This was the picture of the Garden of Eden. But unfortunately, sin crept in. We begin chapter 3 of Genesis looking into the origin of sin, but before we even get into Genesis chapter 3, there's things we need to talk about. There's verses we need to look at because, unfortunately, I don't know whether you're like me, what's going on here? What's going on here? What, what, what happened? The very first time I read the Bible, I was like, hey, I need information. But then when you read the whole Bible, this is why I insist consistently, guys, I beg you, don't be one who just reads the book of Psalms. Oh, because they are so nice. Psalms are nice. Someone don't get it, son. Yeah, they're very nice couple of verses. Read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It gives you the picture of what God is about. Vizuri. And even in this story, we're going to start this reading today. Now, the book of Revelation, chapter 12, I'm going to read from verse 7 to 12. Just let me read for us because it's quite a reading. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon, this is the Bible. I'm not reading from uh, some Netflix. Uh -uh, this is the Bible. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. Verse 8, but he was not strong enough, the dragon. And they, meaning him and whatever, his crew, lost their place in heaven. Verse 9, the great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the world, whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation, and the power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God, day and night has been hurled down. They, tri they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb 
and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore, verse 12, rejoice, you, heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe, trouble, to the earth and to the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. This is what happened in the heavens. If you remember clearly, the, the devil, Satan, was created by God. from nowhere. And then something happened. War broke out. War over what? What happened in heaven? Why was he thrown down? And so the book of Revelation, if you've ever read and if you're going to read it, gives us a picture. It is by John. The Apostle John wrote it, John the Revelator, in prison in an island called Patmos in Greek. God gives him a picture of the end times. But not just the end times, he gives him a picture of the beginning as well. What really happened. And so war broke out in heaven. Why? Let's read Isaiah 14, I'll read from verse 12 to 15. How you have fallen, Isaiah prophesies, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. On the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high, he said. But you are brought down low to the realm of the dead. To the depths of the pit so the devil was in war because he wanted to be like the most high can be like this god why is he the only one who's ruling at his ah no and so because of that he was hurled down from heaven that's isaiah isaiah prophesied not only to the nations that he wrote in the book but he gives us a picture of what happens in heaven. A picture of what happened to the devil. Read the whole Bible. Amen? If you read Ezekiel 28, 11 to 19, it tells us the same. These are the prophets. The word of the Lord came to me, verse 11. Son of man, take up a, lam a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says, you are the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Skizavas 13, this is Ezekiel. You are in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, emerald, topaz, onyx, jasper, lapis lazuli, turquoise, beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You are anointed, verse 14, as a guardian cherub. For so I ordained you. You are on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You are blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you are filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you, says the Lord, in disgrace from the mount of God. 
expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became so proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth, made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who are watching. All the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. This is Ezekiel telling us the same story that we've just read. That the devil was thrown from heaven on the account of his pride. He was a cherub. And if you know the story of cherubs in the book of Exodus, on the table of the Ark of the Covenant was two wings from the angels. The glory of God right in the middle of the Ark of the Covenant. Which tells you that the devil was very close to God. He was the anointed cherub. The one closest to him. The one in charge, maybe, of all the cherubs. This is his history. You only find it in the word of God. Seek a prophet. Amen. You only find it in the word of God. Seek a prophet. Amen. Mm. In looking at the origin of sin, we must look at the origin of the one who brought about the issue of sin. We must look at the devil, Beelzebub, Satan. And what we can quickly learn from Revelation 12, Isaiah 14, and Ezekiel 28 is number one never let God's fearfully and wonderfully made nature of yourself, the wisdom and beauty God has given you, fill you with pride. Never do it. God has fearfully and made each one of you. I put down your neighbor, Mambia, to hey, please. You better recognize. <laughs> you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter what your parents told you. It doesn't matter whether you had a Valentine's or not. You are fearfully and wonderfully. Mm. But don't, let, don't allow it to fill you with pride. Because pride comes before destruction, before fall. Number two, pride will corrupt your wisdom. If you have wisdom even from above, the presence of pride inside you corrupts it. How? We have seen through the, these verses. It makes you think that you are better than everybody else. Valentine's. These other ladies got nothing on me. Ladies, amen? amen? It makes you think you're better than everybody else, which breeds comparison. And comparison will kill you. It will kill you. Look at what he did to the devil. He was the anointed cherub. The ordained one. God ordained him for that purpose. Here's the thing. Each one of us is gifted in a specific area by ourselves, on our own. That is not for comparison's sake. It's not for you to sit down and go, You know? No, 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 no. <laughs> that is for you to remember that there is a, an ordained position for you in God's kingdom 
for you to execute. That is the purpose of your excellence. It is not for you to go, ah, those, the rest of you, Pauline. Uh-uh. It is for you to look at what space God has ordained you in. What is this Jehovah you've made me for? The devil was the anointed cherub. The ordained one for that position. You're not better than everybody else. No. You've just been designed specifically for something to do. Do you know it? Because if you don't, you'll spend your whole life just fighting with others, comparing yourself in positions, in business, in company, whatever it is. Saying, ah, look at me. But I have a Nikon award to, to show for it. Comparison drives you to unbridled ambition, which is also ungodly ambition. The more you look at yourself and say, ah, the more you're like, wait a minute. I don't need this. God is the boss. I need to be the boss. And then God is like, oh, so you think you can be the boss. Okay. Kwanza, he position out. Go to earth. And then at the end, I'm going to destroy you in the lake of fire. Anyway. Check, 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 check comparison. Check. It drives you to unbridled ambition. Unbridled ambition is ungodly ambition. When you are working in what God has purposed you to do, he blesses you with ambition. Godly ambition. Praise the Lord. Ungodly ambition drives you to dishonest trade. This is what the devil did. Alika Kasema, ah, now, I did my own thing. God has designed him to be the anointed cherub, but he's like, uh-uh. me, I need, me, I need my thing. And so, he begins pridefully looking for others to go down with. And so the Bible says he didn't just go down himself. He took others with him. Why? Because he was in dishonest trade. Don't allow life to get you there. Where you do anything to get to the top. You are like Jehovah. He positioned for each attack. Remember the story of the guys in, um, in Genesis who wanted to build the tower to get to see God. That's what they were doing. They were like, ah, other sister, you can do this. What do you mean? Don't allow that to get into your heart. When it gets there, a dishonest trade eventually will kill you. Rajipata in a position that is not so nice. And then you'll be like, I, how did I get myself here? It has broken families. And you know the stories. It has broken communities. It has messed up homes. Don't allow dishonest trade to kill you. Pride makes you think you're better than God. That is that simple. It just makes you think, ah, yeah, you know what? Kumbe can do this thing on my own. Kumbe, Kumbe just, I, I don't need Jehovah. What, what do you mean? I can survive on my own. And that's what the devil thought. Barani Jua, amen? Number three, the devil is the prince of the world and the heir and the one who leads the whole world astray. God brought him to this earth, this world. And gave him the power to be the prince of this world. Never forget that. This one. Yeah, my friend. He has power. He is the prince of the air. We're told in the book of Ephesians. Prince of the heavenly 
spaces. That's him. He accuses us daily before God. That's his job now. Because I'm, eh, who pastor? I just saw my Bible now. I just saw my Bible. I just saw my Bible. I just saw my Bible. He is the accuser of brethren. That's his name. Number five, the devil is filled with fury. Over the earth and the seas. And is a source of trouble. Main trouble is from him. God just allows him because it's not yet his time. Remember when Jesus saw the demons in church, in the tabernacle, in the synagogue, and they looked at him and they said, why are you here? It is not yet our time. What are you doing? Even the time of the pigs, when he took the spirits and put in the pigs, the demons told him, hey, Buddha, you're, you're early. This is, a book of, this is the Gospels. What are you doing right now? They know. They know. The devil is a source of trouble. Remember, God just allows him, like he did in the life of Job. You end up with Jehovah. God is unsuggested Job anyway. And then he's like, do your best. So he was allowed. Number six, the devil was anointed for worship before God. So we must be careful to know today in earth he corrupts music. Upon Olizanga, what music do you listen to? Is it Jehovah? <laughs> Is it Ingine? Nigan? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Why guys smiling at me? Verse 7, the devil is a spirit and not flesh. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is against principalities. He is a spirit. And by the way, he doesn't have horns. Amen? And he's not red. And he's not ugly. You'll be very surprised. The Bible says he disguises himself as the angel of light. I actually believe don't quote me to Fadali, he edit a podcast. <laughs> that he is one of the most good looking spirits in the world. Because he was the anointed cherub that was right next to God. Hey, boss. Your position. That, that was a proper position. He corrupts music. He is spirit. Now let's go to our text. Here we to a background on this guy. Please, please, please. Guys, you know, the art of war demands that you know your enemy. So we must know, sin did not just, it was brought by our enemy. Who is the enemy? The devil. Do you read the word of God to understand him? When you're waiting for prophet, akwambie, shetani I'm not going to go there. Genesis 3, 1a, we've read, telling us that the serpent was the craftiest of all the animals created. This means that the serpent was both physically and spiritually crafty. And I'm talking about the snake, not necessarily the devil. But it points us to the devil. Don't get me twisted. The devil chooses a being that is the craftiest, even in movement. That is like him. One that is deceptive. You know very well that snakes can go into any spaces. And there's a feature anywhere. 
This shows us and defines to us the fact that the devil can possess animals. That's what we are shown. And as we see later even in the New Testament, he possesses even us human beings. He is a spirit, remember. Never be fooled. This guy has power. He can influence the weather. Remember the book of Job. He killed all the livestock of this man in a lightning that God allowed him to. He influences disease. The book of Job is very clear on that. And human beings. When Jesus met the man with the demons, the legion of demons, what was that? That's the enemy. And so that's what we see right here. Genesis 3.1. 3.1b. Then begins the deception of the devil with a powerful question. Did God really say? Did God really say? Has the enemy been talking to you as a believer in any area of your life with the promises of God that you know, that you know, that you know, asking you, did God really say? Did God really say, this is your year? You know those ones? <laughs> did God really say, I'm going to make it? Not those difficult questions. Did God really say my son would make it? Did God really say my mom was going to be okay? Did God really say my dad would be healed? Did God really say that's the enemy? Eve answers him. And the devil adds on the deception in verse 4 and 5 by telling her that if she takes it, the fruit, she will not die. But she'll be like God knowing good and evil. Isaiah just told us that the devil wanted to make himself like the most high. Now he's telling Adam and Eve to commit the same sin. Same Eve. Of wanting to be like God. Did God really say at Yusikula from that tree? Aye. You will not die. No. No. Boy. No. The biggest sin the devil wants you to commit is believing that you're just like God. you're the same. The biggest sin he wants you to believe is you don't need him. What you can do by yourself? Some of us woke up and we were orphans. Where was God anyway? I was raped. Some of us as children. Where was he then? Ah, me na mungu. Once I've managed to get here by myself. What do you mean there's a God? Did God really say that he's your creator? Come on. The biggest sin the devil wants you to commit is believing you're just like God. That you don't need him. He wants to fill your heart with pride. And if he manages to do that, Buddha, it will be a very difficult journey back. The same pride that destroyed him. And unfortunately, most of us in the world believe it. The devil has no new tricks, guys. There's no new tricks. There's no new tricks. No new tricks. Akuna. There's no new tricks. He's the same old wanting you to just have pride. Don't believe in God. Believe in yourself and be you. The biggest tool the devil will use against you is this deception. 
The Bible has called him the father of lies. And the only way to defeat him is through God's word. So I'll ask the same question again. Do you read God's word? Do you wait on him? Do you read his word? Because if you don't, you're probably living in deception. And not from anyone. From the devil himself. So, what's the deception in your life? Let's read First John chapter 2. I'll read verse 15 and 16. First eh? John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. That's past John. The Bible tells us that Eve saw the fruit, that it was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and then gives wisdom. This is exactly what you read in 1 John chapter 2. Exact. The devil's tactic is always to overpower your flesh, your sight, and fill with pride. And this Akuna Storingine, all of his things are just around that. Overpower your flesh, mess up your sight, fill you with pride. It is that simple. All of sin is tied in your flesh, your sight, and your pride. The devil wants to lift up every fleshly emotion every single time. Every emotion, every single time. And God does not move the emotions. He moves, plain and simple. The devil wants you to believe in everything you see and not in what you don't see. And especially in too simple, Kama, I'm waiting on the Lord for a new job. I know the Lord will see me through. He will provide. But all I'm seeing is the rejections. The, thank you for your letter. Thank you for your application. But unfortunately this time. Thank you for your letter. Thank you for your application. Unfortunately this time. That is all he wants you to see. But God is not in the business of sight. He's in the business of faith. We move by things we don't see. The devil wants you to pride in yourself. Your well-created being. What you can have, what you can do. That's what he wants you to do. If you live in all this, unfortunately, guys, brothers, sisters, you'll die with him in eternal hell. You'll be damned together with him. Because that's what he wants. When the devil tempts your flesh, you need to remind him that you cannot live with bread alone. Jesus gave us the picture. We cannot live by bread alone. We can't. But by every word that comes from God, that's our life. When he tempts your sight, remind him that you live by faith. Thereby, we don't test God. Don't test him. The more you don't live by faith, the more you're like, ah, this God Pia. We can't test the Lord. Jesus told us that when he came from the wilderness. When he tempts you with the pride of life, remind him that God alone is to be worshipped. The devil wants you to worship you. He wants you to remove all glory from God and worship yourself. 
And if you look at what the world is showing us today, don't ever worship yourself. Give all glory to God. I know God has blessed you. God has made you pretty. Ladies, hallelujah. Hey, amen. Hey, come when he comes and asks for your beauty, it is God alone to be worshipped, not men. I'm about to finish. Genesis 2.25 tells us that Adam and Eve were both naked and felt no shame. Now Genesis 3.7 tells us that after partaking the fruit, Adam and Eve realized they were both naked and made leaves to cover themselves. This gives us a powerful point on this issue of sin. In and before God in chapter 2, they were totally open, Adam and Eve. They had nothing to hide before God. Sin makes us not open and make us hide before God. It brings upon us shame and guilt, which in turn drives us away from God. And if you're past 12 years of age, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. When you do wrong before God, ah, I'm talking to you, you know what? We don't have to talk, Jehovah. Ay, what do you mean? You have to pray after this difficult thing. That's what sin does to us. And so I beg you by the mercies of God, don't allow sin to kill you in the place of guilt and shame. It has killed many. And this is how it kills us. This fellowship of brothers. How can I read God's word and have just committed a sin? How? But you can't. Because there is Jesus. Don't allow guilt and shame of whatever it is that you've done to destroy you. That's exactly what the enemy wants. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, Genesis 3.9. Then gives us another powerful gem as concerns the issue of sin. After the sin, God goes looking for his people. Imagine that. Have you ever thought of that? Even after they ate the fruit, God still came looking. This is the all-knowing God. Atinikama Ajui, what has happened? He still came looking. Think about that for a second. There are some of us who have hardened our hearts because of the difficulties we've gone through. You did something this week, you're like, ah, Mungu, imagine. But God is still calling you out. That's his nature. You are his child, believe it or not. So God comes looking for his children in the cool of the garden. He calls out Adam first, asking him where he is. He does that to us consistently. Freddy, where are you? I remember in uni. Jehovah. Uni to Leander left. Amen? How much you say amen? And I could constantly hear God calling. Constantly. Remember the story of T.D. Jakes when he says he was in a club and he's high. Amanda. And you would still hear the voice of God saying, My son, I need you. Kuja. Kuja. 
God is in the business of calling each one of us simply because we are his children. Show me a parent who is at jumtoto wake ati alipotea, ati ametoka nyumbani is gone. At the kid said I don't want you dad. Nimechoka na hii nyumba mimi nimetoka nimeenda. Show me a parent who went ah sawa enda ah kufa huko. And I'll tell you your line. Those parents deep down still go ah where is my son? Where is my daughter? Boy? I need to see them. God is in the business of calling us back. He's looking for them but he calls out Adam first. I've always wondered why nani Eve alikula ile matunda bwana. Nani alikula wa kwanza? Ladies, amen. Ladies high. Si vita. Me I've always just one I'm a dude. Si ni wewe alikula kapea huyu. Cuz hiyo ni na homes, kwani mimi kama unachakuaje? Nani alivunja hii kitu? Haya Fred, haya kuja. Haya sasa wewe ulikuwa hapo yakivunja, sinaenanga hivyo. <laughs> so why in this case is he asking for Adam first? In Genesis 2 God gives a picture of creation and marriage between Adam and Eve. In the issue of their fall, he points us back to the roles he gave Adam in his union with Eve. Before Eve is created, Adam was given the command of not eating the fruit. Siniguel. Genesis 2. <laughs> the lady is at moon, yeah. <laughs> From the garden. In the fall, the devil attacked Eve. Asking her if God really said. From her failing this interaction, it is clear that Adam probably forgot one of his major roles as Eve's husband. Ephesians 5 25 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her. To make her, this is the point, holy. To cleanse her by the washing with water through the word. To present her to himself, a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. We of us. Wanaume, husbands, 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 Jesus is the high priest of the church. Make or made the church holy through his sacrifice on the cross. This we know through the word of God that not only informs us of this great sacrifice, but helps us see how our sins are cleansed. Thereby washing us. In the Old Testament, before the temple was a washing basin made of bronze. Inside there was glass that you'd go see yourself, see your face as you washed. The priests were commanded consistently to do that. It points to the word of God that constantly washes us. The reason I beg you consistently to, to read the word of God consistently, the word of God washes you. It washes off all the dirt in our spirit. Things we've grown up with, all the heartache, the trouble, the craziness we have, the word of God just washes it and presents us clean before God. Husbands are to cleanse their wives by being the priests of the homes. 
who back in the day knew God's word and relayed the same. Husbands, yeah? mm. you're the priest. When there's, a, when there's trouble in your house, when there's trouble with your kids, when there's trouble in the spiritual context of your home, God will come to ask you, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam is at fault for Eve's weakness as it points to his ne neglect of not making sure she's washed clean by God's word. As the priest, God looked for him and not for Eve. God is looking for you, husband. Husbands, eh? Single people, Let's be faithful, husbands, in rightly dividing God's commands to our wives and children, that they may know God. Be washed clean so that they may fight off the enemy. God's word is not just to wash us, but it helps us fight the enemy when he comes. Akikujo hey, 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 it is written. All Eve should have done. But God said, I've always wondered, I've always wondered why Akwitam Hey Adam, Adam, Adam. Hey. Have you ever had those fundies that come to your house? He spoke with your husband. Alafu See, the usual thing is, eh, God, nipede kambili. Sweetie, babes. So now, ujamana sema trike. What do we normally do? Tunanyanosha mwana umu, zidio? That is... God expects the home to look like that, husbands. Know God's word for yourself. Relay to the family. Build an altar. For the family so that we might fight off the enemy i had a story we were in uh, a staff meeting this week this week or the other week this week and this man was saying the way his kids is a past he's a pastor who has children and so one of the things that always comes up is pastor's kids have issues but then he said that his kids love god love the church they are strong believers. So somebody asked him, how? What do you mean? That's not the norm. The kid said one thing. I was like, this man is not different in the house. The same way he leads the church in prayer, he leads, he led us in the house in prayer. The same way he broke the word and thought and was open. He did the same. Guys, we have been created to not only live, but to fight off the enemy. He's still the prince of the world. One of the only ways you can do that is through God's word, not your own wisdom. You can't fight him on your own. You, you can't. This guy was next to Jehovah. Like, God is here. He's right up next to him. And then you think that you can just do it at your own. Do it at your own. Guys, know God's word. 
it is written jesus told us amen genesis 3 14 19 then points us to the truth about what sin about sin and the devil will, will not let us know it points us to the truth about sin that the devil will not let us know remember he is the father of lies remember he is the father of sin in as much as was forgiven by Christ's act on the cross which we will talk about next week has dire consequences these aren't the eternal consequences that Christ saved us from because you're talking in depth next week. Christ saved us from the eternal consequence of sin. But there are also earthly and temporary consequences of sin. The serpent Eve and Adam are forever cast and point to the earthly or temporal consequences of sin. They were forever cast. Forever. I want you to think about that for a second. Forever. Even with Jesus in the picture. We are cast. The serpent was made to walk on his belly and hit the ground forever. So that means So the snake had legs. Why was he cast? Yeah, he was just overwhelmed by the, the devil. Eve was made to bear children in pain. Ladies, amen. Akuna amen, Apo. That's a curse. It was not supposed to be that way. I've always wondered how was it supposed to be? Because fruitfulness, I know, would have been there. So that means there will not be pain in childbirth. <laughs> Eve was told that she would have desired to control the husband forever. Ladies, eh? That's the Bible. See, Mimi, that's the Bible. Wanaume? Hmm. your control. Yo, yo, that's, that's a different conversation. Adam was made to eat the sweat of his brow, to have toil forever as a result. The ground was cast forever. Na kwanza hii mwaka inianza tu na, eh, na feel too. It's tough. Working is just, uh, eh, that, that's the curse. Even with Jesus. Death was a consequence on us forever. Even in Jesus Christ, you're going to die. It is coming. Unfortunately, you don't know when. Lord, teach us to number our days. Have you ever asked yourself why? Why even with Jesus do you still have these curses on us? Why? You know, when growing up, there was punishment. But you knew why. It was one time in Asia. I don't know who Barana Chapana, the dad that just duly cut a nyasi goodbye. No, it's once. Why did God allow these curses forever? Kwanini, why? He's a good God, you know that. So, okay, if you're that good, why allow all this pain forever? Why is all of this? God intended for the serpent to serve as a reminder to all future generations of mankind both of who the devil is and of God's power over him have you ever noticed that whenever you see the snake there's just something that overwhelms you like ah this is boss 
kwanza wale wanajiweka kwa shingo at for you know those guys feeling to boss umeweka shetani kwa shingo bwana forever we are to see all generations will see and know who the devil is and god's power over him that's the point god intended that mankind will see the pain of childbearing the woman's forever desire to control man and toil as reminders of the fall of mankind whenever we see it we remember eh, 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 eh. whenever you see upitia tu nairobi hospital ile wing nduru pale you are like eh jo this one the curse on the ground and death serve as reminders of the fall of man forever and he in mwaka 2023 kwanza alafu ni jua jua tu is strong na kuonyesha tu Jehovah is God it reminds us of the fall of man forever guys this is the beginning of sin this is how it started and it's still here with us Jesus saved us from it yes but we still struggle with it a righteous man the bible says will fall seven times many times over it is my hope that you can see how sinful we are but also how much we need god because without him you can't come out the devil knows where mankind is supposed to end up he knows and it reminds me that he was right next to god he came from eternity into temporary from the existence of the eternal god jamaa was banished into earth time can you imagine it's like your hey, that's a bad example he knows that is in a really bad state and then unfortunately he knows his end when the demons are talking to jesus telling him hey buddha it's no time what are you doing here they knew he knows how his end is going to be the question now then for us is do you know your end my hope and desire is that you find the lord find him find him this earth is temporal this is temporal you can't be in this forever we go back to our creator my prayer for you is that you find the lord find him he will help us in this temporal space we are in he'll help you be victorious and it is only then that you start enjoying life. Join us every Sunday from 11am at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.